I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello! And welcome to the World Cricket Show, by most statistical measures, the world's favourite cricket show. My name is Adam Bayfield and I'll be your host tonight. And with me in the studio this week is a man who needs no introduction. Wow. You're really coming on with these intros. You're really making good <laughs> progress. This is the same. I'm recycling banter from our bodyboarding session just before. The voice you're hearing now is that of Tony Kerr. We've just come from bodyboarding. A lot of chat flying around, a lot of jokes, a lot of teasing. And I'm just going to bring that into the studio and just kind of change the words around a bit. Well, yeah, we've just come straight from the beach. I mean, I'm actually quite cold sitting here, Tony. I just made myself a little uh, mug of tea. But yeah, how did you find the bodyboarding tonight, Tony? You almost managed to get a wave. Well, you jumped over quite a few. Listeners won't be surprised to hear that I kind of, you know, of the two of us, I'm kind of more, slightly more good at bodyboarding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you've got all the chat, but really when it comes down to it, have you got the ability? It's It, it can be difficult to watch at times. <laughs> so I, I'll stand up having just ridden a wave all the way into the shore and I turn around. I'm like, where's Tone? I thought he was going to get that wave. And I just, I just see you jumping over another one. Just see the board got... flying in the air. Because, I mean, there, we haven't really done any... Well, we, you know, we've got some great bodyboarding in on holiday, but we haven't done any bodyboarding in Guernsey for months because of the lack of any waves, really, for the want of a better excuse. But, you know, they've arrived. Autumn's here, and a bit of waves. So we went in the other night for the first time. You know, I got some great waves. You know, I was kind of... I felt like... You and another friend of ours who were with, I think. I, thought, I, thought, I felt like you, <laughs> just riding the waves. I was flying, man. <laughs> no, I felt like you and our nice other of friend. You to say. Yeah, I thought like you and our other friend, uh, you know, were really like getting on quite well. And you obviously were watching what I was doing. You, you kind of, you know, you were doing the business. But then I, I had to go slightly early, so I got out the water and I was, I was as I turned around and I got to the top. The two of you were just stood there, kind of didn't you didn't know where to go for the waves. <laughs> You didn't know where to position yourself. And that was understandable because you'd lost your leader. That's <laughs> uh, our point, man. Yeah. But, you know, I think you'll get there. One day you'll be able to do it without me. It was a good effort tonight, Tony. It really was. <laughs> I mean, we could. this could go on for hours, couldn't yeah. it? Imagine if the whole show was this. Yeah. Imagine if someone's not listened to the show before and they, they turn it on. Oh, 45 minutes of cricket chat. And it's just this. No, but really, mate, it was a good effort for me tonight. <laughs> you almost got away. Yeah, well done. Well done. Uh, Well, we are going to be talking about cricket on the show today. Uh, There's a test series that's about to get going in the UAE, so we're going to be talking about that. Afghanistan have qualified for the World Cup, so we're going to be talking about that as well. And Steve Harmison's retired from cricket, so we're going to be talking about that. If there's one thing we love to do on this show, it's talk, innit? We love a natter, Tone, me and you. So there's going to be plenty of that today. Plenty. How's it going, though, Tone? Are uh, Are you adjusting to life in the real world again? After. I don't know, we only went on a two-week holiday. <laughs> I know, we've been back for two weeks. We've been, yeah, we've been back, back for as long as we were away. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah, 
That yeah. So I'm now. Are you conquering the post-holiday blues? Uh, banished, but I am now as tired as I've ever been. Probably <laughs> <laughs> just to, to put it into some context. Just new levels, really. Well, this is the thing because we did go on holiday. We we were you know I don't know if we mentioned last week we were in in the states for a couple of weeks, but that that was actually a very tiring trip because we we must have driven about two thousand miles and constantly doing stuff. So I came back from that absolutely knackered, and then I was jet lagged. I mean, do people want to hear us complain about how tired we are? Yes, I think so. They've stuck with us this far. <laughs> I seem to be constantly having the same conversation over and over again. I mean, I know we've been back for two weeks now, but I'm still bumping into people who I've not seen since getting back. They're just like, oh, how's America? And it's just the same thing every time. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, it was a good time. You had a really good time. Yeah, it was good fun. Yeah, thanks very much. Yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> uh, and then if they ask me any follow-up questions, I'm never really sure what to say, but I think I might just start directing them to the podcast. Yeah, that's the yeah, best way, isn't we it? We t- talked about it plenty last week, didn't we? So, like, if someone's like, so did you go to New York, Chicago? I'll stop you there. Listen to my <laughs> podcast. I need a badge that says that, really. I would like that, but I, I, we've done so many of these now. 197 at the last count. I, I mean, that, that is a surprising number <laughs> for anyone. By any expectation, that has surely exceeded it. And I... I mean, I can't remember what I said last week, really, but there's 197 seg- segments of kind of just like a little anecdote from <laughs> yeah. the previous week, of which I can remember none of them. Uh, so I, I just wonder what's out there. I wonder what I've said. I'm starting to get worried. So I think, you know, I'd probably... <laughs> I don't, like, drug you before we come in here. I mean, you must have <laughs> some that's memory That's why I don't drink the tea anymore. That's why I don't drink the tea. But yeah, it's just beca- it's becoming a distant memory now, that America holiday, isn't it? We're going for a... Re- we're trying to arrange a reunion dinner next week. Our friend Alistair is very keen to, to have some kind of reunion. Now, is that necessary? We do see each other a fair amount. I'd say unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, unwanted as well. Saw plenty of you in, uh, in the States. We should have a reunion, a podcast reunion at some stage well, over the weekend. Well, World Cricket Show yeah. reunion. Just, you know, yeah. get the old team back together. Get me and you back together for... A- for a lunch. So I just put my head up because my head is slightly cool. I've almost drunk this whole mug of tea in the space of a, only a few minutes. Do you mind if I did the podcast with a hood like that? You look like uh, Darth Sidious. <laughs> I, well, I can't do the impression. Or Darth Maul. Doesn't Darth Maul go like... No, Darth Maul, he's quite deep voice. He's play, he's, uh, the voice is Peter Serafinovitz. He goes like, at last we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last we will have revenge. Darth Sidious is the... Uh, Lord Maul, that guy. Okay. Well, let's move on. Let's get. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on away. From okay, that. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, we can talk about cricket if you want. Yeah, I'd like to talk about GTA as well. Go on then. So, have you been playing GTA, mate? Everyone is. Everybody is. Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah. I have not been playing Grand Theft Auto Five. I don't own a home. We, we were talking about uh, we were talking about GTA Five on the way down here, uh, you know. And it, to be fair, it's the first video game I've bought and played in a few years. I've played a bit of FIFA uh, quite successfully, <laughs> as you can testify. Yeah. Uh, but aside from that, you know, I've just I've run out of time in my life with, with this nonsense. <laughs> I'd much rather be playing video games now. You've got so much internet to <laughs> muck about on. I know. Uh, but yeah, it's been a while. But you were like, oh yeah, yeah, it's amazing, you know. It's amazing what they can do now. Like, <laughs> it's amazing what they did with Ocarina of Time and the, yeah. the, you know, the, the free world that you can explore. In there. I think you might be shocked if you play <laughs> GTA Five. I'm a little bit out of touch. Yeah. <laughs> I think slightly. Well, I say that like GTA doesn't really appeal to me in a lot of ways. But the, the thing that does appeal to me is just the idea of 
yeah, a game where you can just go anywhere you want and explore the world. And I, yeah, I said to you, oh, that was what I loved about Ocarina of Time. <laughs> you could just kind of ramble around Hyrule Field. I think it might be a bit different. Oh, that, you know, yeah, I love the way that on like Super Mario Brothers, you could go left or right. You know, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think you'd just be astounded now. You're the worst kind of like gaming nerd. They like that. You're like, oh, 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 he's still oh, Ocarina of Time. Oh, uh, but it is fun. You know, it's shot a few policemen this afternoon. Blew up a police helicopter, stole some cars. It was all pretty good fun. Pretty clean, good, clean, <laughs> good, honest fun. Good, honest, clean fun. <laughs> yeah. Around the world. Let's kick off the show with the item Around the World, on which we talk about things that have been happening or indeed are about to happen around the world. And let's head on over to the neutral turf of the United Arab Emirates, where a test series is about to get underway between Pakistan and South Africa. Only two tests in this series, Tone, but um, I, don't, I do think it's got the makings of quite an intriguing series. I was going to say all the makings of an exciting series, but then uh, I remembered that there was a series between these sides in the UAE three years ago, and that was a, a spectacularly drab nil-nil draw. Saying that, I think both teams are probably better now than they were then, and also since then, the pitches in the UAE haven't been quite as flat as they were in that series. So maybe there's more likely to be... Uh, results this time these two teams of course met in South Africa back at the start of this year uh, that was a very one-sided affair a resounding 3-0 whitewash for the Proteas Pakistan were bowled out for 49 in Johannesburg you might well remember so Pakistan very much looking for revenge in this series do you think they're capable of pulling it off Tony on the one hand they're obviously going to be much more comfortable in these conditions than they were in South Africa but on the other hand off the back of that uh, defeat in South Africa the next test series they played was in Zimbabwe and they lost a test match there, could only draw that series. So that suggests that perhaps as a team, they're not on the top of their game right now. Moreover, South Africa are quite clearly the best team in the world. So, you know, yes, the conditions are different, but is that going to be enough to get Pakistan into this series, do you think? Does South Africa still start as big favourites? Yeah, I mean, well, South Africa are by, by distance the best side in the world at the moment. So, yes. Is the short answer to that? No, I, think, I don't know. I, I, I like to I like to back Pakistan, but I think you'd probably be struggling to back them. Well, of course, England fans don't need to be reminded that the last team to go to the UAE, ranked as the world's number one side, suffered a pretty chastening whitewash. So South Africa should be aware of hubris, but they don't strike me as the sort of team that would succumb to that. You know, they've got a, a pretty uh, grounded dressing room there, and Graham Smith, the, the captain, has has been around the block seen it all, done it all. Pakistan have announced their squad for the first test. The headline is that they've dropped opening batsman Mohamed Hafiz. He didn't really give them a choice, I don't think. He's barely made a run in test cricket this year. Had an absolutely miserable time of it in South Africa and was equally bad in Zimbabwe. So you'd have to say that that's the right decision from a batting standpoint, but they may well end up missing his bowling. His off-spin has been very, very effective over the last couple of years, and particularly in these conditions, I think he would have been extremely useful he was, a, he was an underrated aspect uh, of that victory over England they've still got a bowling attack of uh, Mohamed Irfan who's back in the side and is still over seven foot tall uh, they've got Junaid Khan and they've got Abdur Rahman and those three alone form a, a pretty handy looking unit but if there's one reason for Pakistan supporters to feel confident it's Saeed Ajma isn't it I mean England fans will never forget what he did to Peterson and Bell and company in that uh, 2012 series do you expect him to have that sort of impact in this series? I mean, presumably the South African batsmen will have been watching a lot of videos of him bowl. They did just lose that test, didn't they, to Zimbabwe? Did you mention that? Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, it's good, good to know you're listening. Yeah, I was just really tuning in there. Uh, they did just lose that test match to Zimbabwe. I get, you know, they'd won the first one reasonably comfortable. It was a fairly tight match, wasn't it? The second test. Uh, and Ajmal, like you're on bloody match of the day. I won that first one reasonably comfortable, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> just fitting into the mold, you know, just trying to fit in around here. Uh, and Ajmal wasn't that effective in the way. Didn't set it. Well, I didn't watch it, but he didn't set. He didn't get any wickets uh, or many. Sorry, he didn't get many wickets in the second test. I think he only picked up three wickets in the second test. But he, what he, you know, he did get a hatful in the first. I think ten wickets in the match in the first test. And it's, it's only Zimbabwe. Uh, well, he got 10 wickets in the Cape Town test against South Africa as well, but also had a, a very quiet game in Johannesburg. And that Cape Town test, Pakistan were much, much closer to, to South Africa. The Johannesburg test, they were absolutely blown away. It does suggest, you know, if Ajmal performs, they've got a chance. Um, and that's an interesting thing about what's happened recently, because uh, last week Ajmal gave an interview uh, to Pakistan TV where he criticised, was heavily critical of the Pakistan coach, Dav Watmore, basically saying that he's done nothing useful since taking over the job. Could be construed as uh, almost Peterson-esque comments in terms of, you know, maybe a breach of trust. And Watmore tweeted that he was very upset, very hurt by the comments. Ajmal subsequently said that it was, you know, taken out of context, misunderstood. Um, but if you just read the quotes, they don't paint Watmore in a very good light. So you get the feeling that maybe with their other, perhaps lesser players, they may well have been left out as a result of that interview. But Ajmal's just never going to be dropped because without him, Pakistan have got no chance. So perhaps illustrating just how important he is to the cause. So yeah, he's obviously going to be a key player. The problem for Pakistan is, and it's been their problem for a very long time, the batting. Even in that England series, which they won 3-0, the batting really struggled. I think they, they didn't get over 350 in that series. They were bowled out for less than 100 at one stage. Since then, there have been some signs that perhaps the batting is improving, uh, with the likes of Azhar Ali and Asad Shafiq coming to the fore. But then this year, uh, things have gone wrong again. It does seem like if Mizbar al-Haq doesn't make runs, then Pakistan don't really make runs. So the batting is a problem, and it's a problem that could well be compounded, as it was in South Africa, by the fact that South Africa's bowling attack is so strong. In that series at the start of this year, Dale Stain was absolutely irresistible that 49 all-out in Johannesburg, Stain took six for eight. A few months ago, after Jimmy Anderson's display in the Trent Bridge test, there were a number of commentators, particularly in England, that were venturing that Anderson was the best fast bowler in the world, even better than Stain. Brilliant though Anderson is, if you think he's better than Stain, then you haven't seen a lot of Stain, I would say. He has been absolutely sensational for a long time now. Now, you wouldn't necessarily expect him to have the same sort of impact in the Emirates as he did in South Africa. But it's not necessarily always been a, a total graveyard for fast bowlers. I mean, not to constantly talk about that England series, but Stuart Broad and Anderson were both brilliant there in 2012. And Stain isn't someone who really relies on swing. He's more about sort of hitting a length at pace. And there's no reason why that can't be successful here. Pakistan's batting lineup, as I say, is pretty weak. They struggle to find answers to him in South Africa. If he gets it right, presumably he's just going to be too good for them again. Yeah, that, I mean, that, the Pakistan batty lineup. Obviously, consistency is one thing it lacks. Uh, runs is another, I guess. One follows from another. Well, arguably, consistency is something that it's got. Well, true. And it, it, you know, it kind of lacks the the box office kind of names and the the, the real like superstars, isn't it? At the moment, that's all you're so, about. You know, that's, that's all, all you're about. In. You know, that's, uh, past the headlines, mate. I just don't get. So <laughs> uh, no. So I mean, if you're looking to start to build some momentum with the bat, South Africa is probably not the team you're going to want to do it against. And if you haven't done it against Zimbabwe, there'll be concerns I'd imagine within the Pakistan camp dropping Hafiz is whilst you know on form the correct decision 
it's, it's des- slightly desperate, isn't it? It's a slightly desperate. There's move. a lot of experience gone there, and if you're talking about names, they've got Yunus Khan and they've got Mizbar al Haq, but they're both very old. Mohamed Hafiz is sort of the only other one in there that is a kind of uh, established Test match player. The others are all sort of finding their feet, or you know, not finding their feet, as the yeah. case may be. I mean, if you're talking about building a side, yeah, we you know we've talked about other teams uh, like Australia that uh, you know they're they're looking to transition from a team full of names to one that's got some new names uh, for want of a better expression but you can't you know if the if you've got two or three experienced players like Pakistan have got and you bring in a couple of players around them and they don't do it who are the next players you're going to if you drop a feast the person you bring in why has he not been picked already if you know what I mean what how's it going to help unless Hafiz is destabilizing the dressing room kind of mentally well I think it well I don't think that's what it is I think it's just that he scored no runs at all but for quite a while. The players, the kind of the, the new players, haven't necessarily done it either. So, in the last year, Yunus Khan and Mizbar are the top two scorers. Uh, outside of that, you know, the 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 other players are averaging kind of twenties and stuff. So, I don't know. I mean, saying that Hafiz is averaging ten. Well, that's so, the thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he he's. It's not just that he's sort of having a poor run of form. Uh, you know, maybe averaging twenty five, thirty, not getting the big scores that he used to get. He's really not even posting twenties and thirties. He's he's just not scoring any runs. As much as you say, well, who's the next guy? Whoever it is, <laughs> they surely can't do any worse. So I'm not surprised. I mean, uh, the the batting lineup is going to include uh, Azhar Ali, Umar Amin. And Kuram Manzoor, all of whom, as you say, aren't necessarily uh, big star names, but they've certainly got some talent. But also, as you say, it's not the best team to be uh, trying to establish yourself against. Particularly Dale Stain, he really is the standout. But it, if he's not quite on his game, or if the conditions do somehow negate him a little bit, it might open up an opportunity for Pakistan. If Yunus Khan and Mizbar al Haq have brilliant series, there's a possibility that they can, you know, post sort of 250, 300, and that might get them into the game. Because the, the rest of the South African attack, Morni Morkel can be absolutely devastating, but he can also have off days. Robin Peterson is a very useful spinner, and he will take wickets, but he's not Saeed Ajmal. No one really is, but he's, you know, he's not going to... He's unlikely to go out and get 10 wicket hauls on a regular basis. It's going to be very interesting, I think, to see how Vernon Philander goes. He's obviously had so much success in the two years since he came into the team, but this is going to be his first series in Asia. He's only ever played in South Africa, England, Australia and New Zealand. Uh, So generally speaking, he's tended to have the conditions on his side. Obviously, he sometimes played on flat pitches in those places, but he's not sort of been playing on on dust bowls as he's going to be here. Do you think he will conquer Asia in the way he's, he's conquered everywhere else? I mean, we, we've, t- we've said a lot that we this is a test for Philander. Is he going to be able to continue doing it? You sort of expect him to hit a wall at some point, and he never has. Could this be his first obstacle, or do you think he'll just continue to breeze through as he has so far? As you say, we said as you say quite a lot, haven't we, tonight? As you say, Adam. Mate, you've made a really mate, good point there. you've made a great point there. <laughs> uh, been a, you know, it's been a while since he's played test cricket. Yeah, well, the last time Africa was February yeah. against Pakistan. That was so, the last series South Africa played. So you know, in terms of kind of test rhythm, not the ideal preparation, uh, new conditions. So you know it's probably going to be since he began. This is probably the kind of the most, the most kind of testing like fresh conditions, fresh. It'll almost be like starting again in in some respects for him. So difficult, difficult to to say. I, 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 tough to predict. Well, in sixteen test matches so far, can you believe he's still only played sixteen test matches? It feels like he's been around for a very long time. Uh, he's taken eighty nine wickets. 
at a bowling average of 17. So he's 11 away from 100 test wickets. He's not managed to equal the record, uh, which is 16 matches. That was George Lohman uh, back in 1896. If he has an absolutely outstanding game in Abu Dhabi, he could uh, go second equal on the list because there are three players who did it in 17 matches. You'd imagine he's going to get there before 19 matches, which would put him in the top five. So he's going to be probably ahead of everyone in test cricket since 1931. Yeah, his strike rate uh, strike rate of 36 or 37. There's no one even close to that strike rate apart from Del Steyn uh, in the last couple of years. So since pretty much since Philander started, they stay in... Stay in strike rate forty one. You have to go. You have to go to Kane Williamson for a strike rate of fifty one. So yeah, in terms of strike rate, incomparable. Yeah, he's he's peerless at the moment in Test cricket, and he, but he has still only played sixteen Test matches. It's not necessarily uh, exactly the same with batsmen, but it does happen where a batsman comes in and you know scores hundreds for fun in his first sort of 10, 15 games, and then he's going to have a bad patch. And you know we're seeing it now with with someone like Jonathan Trott, who just dominated Test cricket for. You know the first part of his career, and then has found things more difficult. Maybe something similar can happen with bowlers. It might happen with Philander, but we've thought it might happen before, and it hasn't. But this is the first time that you'd say, well, it's a real test in a way that it hasn't been before because the conditions just aren't there for him in the way that they have been up until now. But you know, if anyone's gonna continue to succeed, it's Vernon Philander because he's been so good up until now. So I wouldn't be surprised if he went out and got you know another bucket full of wickets in this series. It is a very long time now since South Africa last lost a Test match. I think the last time they lost was against Sri Lanka in December 2011. I say I, th- I don't know why I said I think there, because that <laughs> implies that I, I don't know. But I do. if only there was somewhere to find out. Um, they haven't lost a Test series since March 2009, which was against Australia. I can't even remember 2009. <laughs> we can't even remember last week. But that's that's ten Test series now without defeat. So clearly they're an extremely difficult side to beat, but that's not the same as being an unbeatable side. You know, they've got huge strengths. You know, we, we've not talked at all about uh, you know, Jacques Callis and A.B. de Villiers and Graham Smith, who are world-class batsmen now. that they've got there. And they obviously bat very deep as well. They've got you know, Philander and Peterson coming in at eight and nine, who are, who are more than useful. But you'd still say that Ajmal and Rayman are going to fancy themselves against a few of those batsmen. Faf Duplassie is relatively new to the team. JP Dumini's had problems against spin in the past and is coming back into the team from injury. Smith is only just back from injury himself. As a side, they haven't played test cricket since February. So they are big favourites. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market for this series but Pakistan 
do have a chance. I think we're probably going to know within a day or two, or perhaps even a session or two, just how big a role the conditions are likely to play in this series. In that England series in 2012, you know, England were, I think, sort of 50, 54 for five on the first morning and immediately knew that this was going to be a, gonna be, a, a very difficult be... task. It was going to be difficult viewing for the England fan. <laughs> and it may be something similar can happen again. You know, if Pakistan bat first and Stain blows them away, or if South Africa bat first and Ajmal gets in amongst them, that could set the tone for the series. Or if South Africa bat first and a 100 for one at the end of the first session, that will set the tone for the, the series. So, uh, Yeah, and in terms of continuing that record of, uh, of of unbeaten test series, a potential, I don't want to use the word banana skin, because A, it's two words, and B, it's, <laughs> it's just lazy, uh, but a potential banana skin, I'm tired. <laughs> uh, yeah, two test series, you're not a lot of time to turn it around if you if you get caught uh, caught short early on. So, yeah, not not the not the simplest of tasks. Yeah, they'll be well prepared. They've had they've had tons of time to prepare. So, yeah, and this is a big big test for South Africa. And you know they they've had such a lot of success. They've had a huge amount of success away from home in those uh, four years as well. I mean they've got a couple of draws in India, uh, one in England, one in Australia. But this is a big test. Obviously, this is where, as we say, where where the wheels came off for England. If South Africa do turn up here and, and get a win, you know then that is a, a huge step along the road to to them sort of going down as one of the great teams, which they have. The potential to do. Can I ask you for a prediction, Tone? You can. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, normally, nine times out of ten, I'll predict something and you'll copy me. Uh, but this is kind of one where I'd, I'd, I'd like to hear yours first. I'm not. I'm, I'll go for it. Okay. Uh, uh, well, I'm going to say South Africa to win one nil. I think that's it. Two nil. Okay. Well, that's interesting stuff. Some really interesting stuff that uh, I said there, and I thought you chipped in as well, Tone. Well, I'll be looking forward to watching it. Yeah to watching it oh the series like yeah. the podcast. <laughs> I'll be looking forward to uh, listening back to uh, everything we've just said uh, let's move on then shall we to, uh, to talk about Afghanistan uh, who have qualified for the 2015 Cricket World Cup uh, they sealed their place as the second associate automatic qualifier in Australia and New Zealand alongside Ireland who are the other automatic qualifier and they did it with victory over Kenya in Sharjah last week now, this is clearly a good news story, isn't it, Tony? It's a Russell Howard's good news story. It'd be all over that, yeah. Everybody's happy about this, aren't they? With the possible exception of Kenyan fans. <laughs> yeah, who I think will be slightly disappointed with their performance in the uh, in the, the playoff. We love it, don't we? Uh, I, you, I mean, if, I'd like to hear from you if, you. if you're not happy about Afghanistan being at the World Cup, you know, speak up now <laughs> or forever hold your peace. Because, yeah, it is great and... But well, I'm definitely going to be more exciting uh, and probably offer more of a threat than Kenya. So Yeah, so people are happy, thrilled, delighted about this. But they also seem to be slightly surprised, or some people are, seem to still be slightly surprised uh, that Afghanistan are qualified. But perhaps they shouldn't be. I mean, over the last few years, Afghanistan have been quite definitely the second best of the associate sides after Ireland. So it's not really a surprise that they've made it to the World Cup. In fact, I think it would be you know, disappointing if they hadn't got there. There are still other associates that, that are going to get there. They're just going to do it through another tournament. Yeah, Kenya will get another crack. But I mean, um, Afghanistan—they—they, you know, disappointing to watch them in the the 2020 World Cup because they did they did well. But I, I seem to remember they fielded really bad. Is that right? Their fielding wasn't great, but they they gave England a bit of a fright. Yeah, they were there. You know, they were there and thereabouts. They were at the tournament, which was the start. <laughs> you know, their rise up to this level has happened remarkably quickly. 
but it has happened and for the last you know we've been talking about these sorts of things for the last couple of years as you say they were at the world 2020 last year so it probably shouldn't be surprising anybody anymore it would be great if they could get some more fixtures against the top sides outside of tournaments they should probably be playing south africa on this you know south african tour to the uae why not schedule in the odd afghanistan game for sides that are touring england you know there's no reason why afghanistan couldn't come to england and you know be there as one of the warm up fixtures or whatever that that stuff like that i feel you know missed opportunities yeah the icc and all the various cricket boards around the world should be uh, looking at a little bit more and actually on that subject i think one thing that's possibly been a little bit overlooked from this story is the the fate of afghanistan's vanquished opponents here kenya haven't qualified automatically as you say they they will get another crack at it but there's certainly no guarantee that they'll make it to the tournament because they haven't been playing very well for quite a while now and i think that's sad i mean they they were always growing up tone if you remember in the days when we were playing ocarina of time and stuff kenya were always cricket's 11th team weren't they and people talked about them becoming a, a test nation at some point in the future Steve Tickelo. Steve Tickelo may be the best player never to have played Test cricket. Um, but Test cricket is a, a ridiculous notion now for Kenya. Ten years ago, they were in the World Cup semi-finals. Now they're basically nowhere. And that is sad, isn't it? Uh, well, yeah, but I guess that is the nature of cricket, isn't it? Uh, How do you mean? <laughs> well, no, no, I don't know. You know, it's just... Uh, for these kind of teams, for the, for the kind of associate teams, you know, it's feasible that they can have a side that can carry them through five ten years uh a golden generation a golden generation I mean, true of other sports as well true i'm sure of football and rugby but but still tough to maintain that momentum if you don't get the quality through in the next in the next generation yeah but that, that's where you know things like uh infrastructure and coaching yeah, systems i mean you've got to capitalize to so to an extent i think maybe the icc have taken their eye off the ball i don't think it'll happen to a side like ireland who are putting in place those uh kind of grassroots things but it, it could happen in other places like Afghanistan. So it is really important that the ICC don't take their eye off the ball there either. I guess the only thing with this, you know, looking at Afghanistan, it's one thing to to come and play and look good and compete in a 2020 World Cup, but different kettle of fish in a 50-over World Cup, you know, there's, there's the greater scope for, for being completely outclassed. So hopefully not. Hopefully they can hopefully they can put on a show, you know, make some games close. And everyone will be happy. And everyone will be happy. Everyone will go home happy. They'll play England, won't they? Yeah, they're in England's group. So they're... You haven't said this already. No, I haven't said it already, Tony. <laughs> England. On this part of the show, we talk about England. Uh, now, this week, Steve Harmison retired from cricket, former England fast bowler. Uh, I can read you this article from Crick Info, which is imaginatively titled, Steve Harmison retires from cricket. Steve Harmison, the former England fast bowler who took 223 wickets in 63 tests, has retired from cricket, bringing to an end a 17-year career with Durham. Harmison did not play a game in the club's 2013 county championship winning campaign and his contract subsequently expired. I was hoping to, I was hoping to go out on a high, but this is a Yorkshire accent, isn't it? It's not quite right, is it? Yeah. Uh, Looking for a kind of Geordie. Yeah. I have to do... What's, I, need to, how, I need to access it. Uh, Gaz and Charlotte. I'm trying to think of th- things I can say. <laughs> Baker Grove. I was hoping to go out I on that. to access it. Yeah. It's like You're not real, are you? You're just a cyborg. <laughs> I was hoping to go out on a high in my benefit year. No, this is really bad. This is awful. I've not made a... Se- <laughs> no, I won't. I, I will probably call it a day there, I think. Uh, shall I do it in a different accent? Shall I do it in an accent? <laughs> do it in an Aussie accent. I'll do it in like a... Uh, 
I was hoping to go out on a high in my benefit year, <laughs> but my buddy is not allowed me to. You're really struggling tonight on the accents. <laughs> What's gone wrong? You got the yips. What are you talking about? That was a perfect Irish accent. <laughs> okay, so Steve Armstrong's retired. Steve Armstrong's retired. The, yeah, yeah. I was gonna, there's more facts in here as well. Well, I was going to read it. Uh, he made his test debut in 2002 against India at Trent Bridge. Also played in 58 ODIs, picking up 76 wickets at an average of 32.64. He also played two 2020s. Uh-huh. And yeah, it was, it was an integral part of the England squad that clinched the historic 2005 Ashes. 2-1, taking 17 wickets in five matches. Michael Vaughan tweeted, well done on a great career at Harmy 611. Absolute pleasure to captain. So there yeah. you go, Tone. Saunters off into the sunset. Big player, I think. Literally. Uh, big guy, but a big performer. And it's a bit odd that he's just retired, having not played any cricket this year. Yeah, and it's, uh, and also four, it's, years. Years. it's four years since he last played a test. So to all intents and purposes, so given that I don't follow county cricket, really, yeah. <laughs> in the way that I might, uh, to all intents and purposes, he departed from the scene four years ago, but... Did we, did we look back on his career? Well, exactly. Then? Now's a moment to reflect, perhaps. Now's yeah. a moment to, you know, just when you're falling asleep tonight, just have a little think about Steve Harmson and reflect on his career. Well, 2002 isn't, doesn't feel that long ago, really. But I mean, it is. And it's over a decade now. Yeah. Uh, but I can remember 2002 pretty vividly, which might surprise you. Not, not quite sure why, uh, why it stands out so much. Uh, but yeah, it, some great moments that he gave us. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, Sabina Park. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's that, funny was, that was unbelievable. That, I, that's one of the most memorable afternoons of, I've spent watching cricket on TV, for sure. It's seven for 12 mm. there, is what we're talking about. I mean, it is, it's strange in a way because Harmison doesn't have the best reputation these days, does he? he, he well, he he statistically as well, he doesn't have the best record. You know, he didn't get that far up the, the England all time list. That's true. The strike rate wasn't that good. But he is kind of remembered as a, a bit of a figure of ridicule, isn't he? A bit of a buffoon, it, to an extent. Yeah, and it is, it is largely because of that wide that he bowled. I mean, it's quite, it's quite unfortunate. I mean, it was the first ball of the Ashes. Yeah, and it was such a big deal. I mean, that yeah. Ashes series, you know, the build-up to this Ashes series was insane. But that Ashes series was just on another level because, you know, the rematch after 2005. And that's why he and, bowled it, because it yeah. got to him. But, you know, the it fact was that such it, a big moment. Yeah, and the fact that, you know, what transpired in terms of a scoreline. Yeah, a lot of people just think back to that. And, you know, every pundit... Worth his salt said, you know that was the, that set the. You probably said it. Well, yeah, and it, that it is set the you know, the mood for with, the. Well, firstly, series. with hindsight, you do look back on that and think that did set the tone. But at the time as well, yeah, when Harmison like, oh, bowled that way, I was like, oh Jesus, this is going to go wrong. But there's no reason why it needs to do that because I thought exactly the same thing when Andrew Strauss was caught a gully third ball of the Ashes series in 2010 you know I thought oh that sets the tone for the series but then England won it doesn't have to if you know one ball does not define a series and I think Harmison is a bit unfortunate that things turned out the way they did it's even entered you know the lexicon hasn't it that you know oh that's a Harmison that's a Harmison moment when I'm bowling for Kobo on my on my way running in I'm constantly just saying to myself, "Don't do a Harmison. Don't do a Harmison. Don't <laughs> I think, do a Harmison." You know, a lot of it was because his his action was so it looked so unreliable. Wild, it looked, yeah, yeah. It was just all over the place, and you know, part that's probably part of the reason why he was a high quality Test bowler because he was able to hit you know hit a line of length in a ridiculous fashion. So it's quite a fun action to bowl, actually. Have yeah, a go, it is. Have a go kind of like yeah. Two arms up. Just the arms going everywhere. I can't do it. Yeah, just uh, sitting down. But yeah, when he did get it right, he was absolutely sensational. I mean, for a while, he was as good a fast bowler as any there's been this this 
century, I would say. He was, he was also responsible for that unbelievable Edgbaston finale. Uh, yeah, clinched that that test. So Kasprovich, yeah, and you know one of uh, the most memorable cricket moments for me is Harmison hitting Ponting on the cheek uh, first morning at Lords because you know again talking about setting the tone that set the tone for that series. But yeah, when when he was at his best, you know that that seven for twelve as you say in Sabina Park, that's as good a spell of fast bowling as you're ever likely to see. And you know we talk about the 2005 Ashes and and people think of that being one largely uh, through Flintoff and Simon Jones. And obviously that is true to an extent, but Harmison was central as well, particularly at the beginning of this series. The thing with Harmison is that he just wasn't at that level for very long and his career did drop off pretty dramatically after 2005, although he did return uh, to play a pretty important role in the, the last couple of games of the 2009 Ashes, which England won. So, you know, he, he's had some, some real highs in an England shirt. And certainly I, for one, Tane, I don't know about you, I can only speak for me here, but I wish him all the best uh, because to me he's always seemed like a, a genuinely nice guy. I mean, he's, he's, he's done some punditry on Sky a few times, hasn't he? He's always come across really well there, I think. He's always come across as nice and is a good pundit. He's, he's insightful and you know, not afraid to sort of gently criticise England players and he's a fantastic foil for Bob Willis as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Hoggard's gone now as well. Hoggard retired about a month ago. Is it time to let go of 2005? I think, do you think? it might forget it, put it to bed, delete the Wikipedia article. <laughs> I think, you know, there's no need to cling on. Uh, that's actually on my bookmarks uh, bar. You know, I've got like kind of my email, BBC Sport website, a couple of others, and then just the Wikipedia page for the 2005 Ashes, <laughs> uh, which I just consult on a regular basis. Every day. Just, just read through the timeline just to get emotional. Much like Question Time, the BBC's flagship political discussion programme, this episode of The World Cricket Show, which was once a source of intelligent and lively debate, has deteriorated into vapid point scoring and cheap populism and isn't really very interesting anymore. As such, it's probably about time that we brought it to an end. Did you watch Question Time last week, Tone? Yeah, I did, yeah. I think we, I'm surprised we haven't been invited on as a kind of pair. <laughs> you know, just talking about... I'd ask for two seats, as opposed to showing one, but... Yeah, I think that'd be good. I'd just be going for the cheering. I'd you know, I'd just make stupid populist points. We're we're about as famous as some of the people they do that on <laughs> question time. I mean, they offer yeah, they do have heavyweights on there. They have political heavyweights, and you know, sometimes it'll be you know a really famous uh, actor or uh, novelist or something. But then it'll just be like you know, the, the marketing director of uh, Marks and Spencer's overseas <laughs> yeah, operations. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't know where they find these people from. So uh, I don't know why I watch this program anymore. No, I know. everything that up. everyone says annoys me. Probably a few people probably saying the same now about this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're saying you're annoyed with the whooping. Yeah, I just I don't know when that when that became a thing really, when it became acceptable to whoop. Yeah, around the, about the same time it became acceptable to applaud something that was funny. I think I just think <laughs> uh, I just think both things should be just ridiculed and banished for you know. Because yeah, because the applause has always been annoying on Question Time, but now there's a lot of weeping. Now it's weeping as well. Yeah. What's next? Like pla- like kind of plaque. It's like WWF. <laughs> it's like woo cabinet. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, and people applaud at comedy shows as well. Yeah, don't even sometimes don't even laugh. Yeah, just like just applaud. <laughs> yeah. It's brilliant. <laughs> that's why I like it. Though. I like it in real life when people say that. When people don't laugh, but just go, yeah. "That's funny." That's re- <laughs> that's really funny. The thing is, this comedy business is that you see people. So there'll be like a you know the the, the preamble, the setup, if you like, 
Uh, and then just as the kind of the comedians get into full flow with the kind of like the, the punchline, the funny bit, I feel like, I don't know, you know, you know what the punchline is. Yeah. You heard of that? Because <laughs> none of your comedy has any. Oh, that's very hurtful, uh, actually. Yeah. Uh, but, I try my best. <laughs> uh, but you can kind of hear people trying to clap. They're trying to get in early. They want to be the first to clap. It's so annoying. You're just like, oh, God, <laughs> stop it. End. That's what I can't watch comedy. I wouldn't like to go to stand-up live or anything unless it's someone I really like. And watching comedy movies in the cinema is absolutely insufferable. Because, yeah, everyone's just desperate to show that they've, <laughs> yeah. that they've cut the joke. So it's like the most <laughs> innocuous gag. And then people just, like, turning around going, like, ha, 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 one good thing about podcasts, isn't it? Because you're listening on your own. So you don't, you don't have to do that on the bus. Laugh right? when you want. Cry when you want. Turn it off when you want. <laughs> <laughs> Vomit when you want. Yeah. Switch uh, over to the switch hit when you want. Anyway, that's about it for this week. Uh, if you like the show... And on the basis of tonight, I wouldn't blame you if you don't. Uh, you can go on the internet and get more involved in it. You can follow us on Twitter. At Cricket Show is essentially me. At Tony Cover is Tony, or Tony's PA. T O N Y C V double R. And I'm one of those kind of personality accounts that, you know, I don't actually tweet, which people do for me. And they're not doing a very good job of it either. I should really hire some new people. <laughs> Because they don't tweet nearly as frequently as I would like them to. 25 grand a year seems a lot <laughs> to be paying someone for your Twitter account, Tone. Uh, you can like us on Facebook as well. Facebook.com slash Cricket Show. We're actually really closing in pretty fast on uh, 7,000 Facebook likes. So maybe you'll be that, uh, that 7,000th like. Imagine the thrill. Imagine the thrill. Send us an email, worldcricketshow at gmail.com. You can find all of this stuff on our website, which is www.cricketshow.net. And if you've got a spare couple of minutes this week, why not write a review for us on iTunes? Uh, we do hugely appreciate all of those. So thank you to everyone who has done it. It helps us out a lot. Uh, but that's about it, I think. What have you got lined up for this week, Tone? Uh, what have we got lined up for this weekend? Playing football. Got a birthday party. Exciting. That's it, really. Could be a good weekend. Yeah. Awesome. Uh <sighs> Not much. I'm not working on Saturday. Wow. Which I usually am. There's no... Well... Uh, so, you know, that, that opens up a whole raft of things to do. So what I'll probably do is uh, just chill at home. <laughs> play some Ocarina of Time. Play play some GTA. I'll lend you GTA for the weekend. Yeah. I could do that. Do it and report back next yeah, time. Yeah, could do it, yeah. I'd like to know what you get up to. A video game review. Right. When are you going to read this book that I oh, get you, Oh, no, mate. I got this book. If Listeners may or may not remember that. Well, I tried to give you... I gave you a book in about February, which you've not read, but then I gave you another one in about May, which was about cricket, 24 for 3, I think it was called. It's literally about 105 pages long, and you've not read it. It's a library book. You've got, got to take I'm, it back to the library at some point. The time... You know, I keep buying GTA. It's 105 pages. It'll take I you can't like... can't play GTA and read at the same time. <laughs> It'll take you probably an evening. <laughs> Might take me a little bit longer than that. No, I've actually... I've got... We're, mate, we're closing in on the new year and you've still not read a book, which was your oh, New Year's resolution. God. Right, okay. I'll, I'll try Right, okay, it. Tone. This weekend, I will play GTA 5. You'll read a book. Deal. Okay. Deal. We'll shake we'll, on that. We'll do... Yeah. Cool. Okay. We did actually shake on it. We it's shook, not not yeah. even one of these radio things. Uh, cool. Okay, now I'm up for that. Re report back next week. Exciting. Uh, right, stay in school, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. It happens to us all. It happens to us all.
can smell your fear. So if you were playing the game, uh, what button would you have to press on the joystick to access that? <laughs> that didn't really work. <laughs> I don't get the gag. Because I'm out of touch, you see. Oh, uh, right. No one, no, no one uses a joystick anymore, do they? Okay, do you want to do that again? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think, I don't know if I've got it. No. Well, all right. So if you were playing the game saying, what button would you have to press on the joystick to access that? Oh, you actually use the D-pad, Adam. I think you've... <laughs> I think you're up to speed on D-pads. <laughs> they had D-pads, didn't they, when you were playing they video games? Have, they did have D-pads, yeah, yeah, in my day. What the D-pad? I love that. I'm like the, the amount of time I spent as a kid inputting cheats on D-pads, left, up, left, down, 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 up. You know, yeah, just yeah. endless. And you know, and you get one wrong. Oh. Start, select, our shoulder. I love this though, because like, it's like you know, you know, when like you're a kid and you're I don't know watching a movie and your granddad's like. God, it's not like the old days with, uh, you know, Jack Lemon and, uh, you know, where, or like listening to music. Where's Benny Goodman? And now I'm 26 years <laughs> old. It's like I'm like I'm the guy in the corner going, oh, I remember in my day it was all, uh, it was all Hyrule Field as far as the eye could see. I love it. We've got no banter, just like racking up the minutes, talking absolute nonsense. <laughs> 